For nearly two decades, Emmanuel Anyamosigwe's obsession with diversity has won the hearts and minds of filmmakers and audiences alike. His blueprint for how minorities should be represented has stood the test of time, long before the penny dropped for other institutions far and wide that diversity truly matters. This year, as Buff marks its 15th anniversary, the more things change, the more things stay the same. Never has diversity been more relevant than in 2020. And as long as the issue remains in the public eye, Emmanuel has ensured that for creatives everywhere, the British Urban Film Festival is a broad church that welcomes all creeds and all colours, comfortable in its own skin and bold in its approach to storytelling and showcasing film as seen through the social and cultural lens. From BFM to Buckingham Palace, it's been quite a journey for the man who literally bet the house on making Buff the success that it is today. Welcome to the British Urban Film Festival. I'm Claire Anyamo Sigwe. I'm the Managing Director of the Festival. This is our 15th anniversary, 15th annual film festival, but the first time we're ever doing it in a digital space. So it's very exciting and challenging and um, just really interesting, really. So today we are kicking off with our strand, the Black Films Matter strand, which is a selection of beautiful shorts kind of documenting the black experience globally. And so I'm gonna kick off with um, our first filmmaker, that would be RCL. And if you could just introduce your full name, the title of your film, and just a brief synopsis and how you got involved with the project. Uh, so hi, uh, my name is RCL Graham and I'm the director and producer in a couple other roles in the film Soul of a Black Woman. Um, so in summary, I kind of came up with the idea of Soul of a Black Woman because I wanted to make a film about me. And I mean that by making a film about Black women. And each chapter within Soul of a Black Woman uh, kind of takes the journey back from, um, well, it's through suffering, oppression, unity and liberation. So those are what Soul stands for. And it's kind of like the journey of what black women have gone through, are currently going through, and hopefully how we can be liberated in the future. Fantastic, thank you very, very much. 
I'm going to come on to Neil. Hi, my name is Neil Kemp. I'm the co-writer, co-director and producer of Resolution, which is a 10-minute short film uh, based around uh, themes of parental alienation, race, teenage identity, etc. And I came to uh, be involved in this. It was uh, through a long, bit of a long story, but I'll try and keep it short. Uh, it was an idea of mine to uh, do a, I wanted to do a film about parental alienation through personal experience of mine. And uh, I came with that idea uh, to my uh, friend and uh, co-writer, Nathan, uh, who's on this call as well. And uh, it went from there, basically. Originally, I wanted to tell it through the eyes of the father, but Nathan had that little nugget of creativity to uh, say, no, let's flip it on its head and tell it through the eyes of the child. So, uh, yeah, and it all went from there. Wonderful. Thank you so much and welcome, Neil. Hey, Nathan. Hiya. Uh, talking about the same film, Resolution. Talk to us about your role in the movie. Sure. Uh, um, my, my professional, but I'm, I'm a quite a creative person. I've been into sort of, you know, hip hop music and things like that for most of my life, really. Uh, and that's that you can see threads of that in the film. Uh, but my, my professional background was in social work, children's social work and stuff, and often working with uh, with kids and stuff. And I was talking to Neil uh, one day about his sort of difficult experiences. And this film evolved out of those discussions. And as he said, I was good kind of interested in perhaps telling the film through the eyes of a child and through the perspective of a child uh, and as it happens uh, uh, Neil's daughter is dual heritage and it, we were starting to unpick some, what some of that stuff might mean in, in sort of modern Britain and you know the film sort of came out of there. I'm quite a creative person but I never thought maybe three years ago I'd be involved in co-writing, co-directing, co-cooking, co-producing co all that sort of stuff like three years ago but it's been it's been a heck of a journey it's been really it's been really interesting and you know it's uh, yeah really insightful and just a just an absolutely brilliant experience to be involved with. Fantastic and I've got a particular affinity to that because I grew up in care so um, yeah, that sort of experience is not richly served in in any kind of format, really. I think I was having a discussion about this the other day, and I think the closest we got to it was like um, I think storm damage in the nineties. In terms of you know around the care system and things like that, there's not much there, and then that parental element, but also thinking about the child's perspective because it is something that stays with you for the rest of your life and then you're sort of unpacking that. And obviously if you've got the situation where you are a person of colour in that type of system as well. So I love that you've got that range of experience outside of the film world and then obviously you've brought that now into a production as well. And obviously, as you mentioned, Neil's got, you know, a mixed race child as well. So those elements, that makes a lot of sense now about the project. Tossin, welcome to the call. And um, just let us know a bit about your project, the name of it and how you got involved in your project. Hiya, so I'm Tyson Lepper. I'm the writer, director and producer of Dolly. Um, Dolly I made as part of my first year film school project and it was just inspired by my niece. I was up, you know, just trying to figure out what to write about and I just remembered a moment where my niece and I had a conversation about a picture that she brought from school and she drew her father and she drew her, sorry, she drew herself and her friend and she said, oh, this is me, I'm brown with, you know, 
black hair and my friend is pink with yellow hair so we were like oh you know me and my sister laughed and we're like oh no you're you're black you know with brown hair and kind of tried to break it down to her and she was like no 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 daddy's black so her father's darker skin she was like daddy's black um brown so my sister kind of and and I just looked at each other and was like okay how 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 far do we go with this do we just kind of leave it to her or just kind of try and break it down and we just decided just you know she's young just leave it um but it made me think about how as black people we have to come to terms with the idea of race very very early on and how um you start figuring out that oh okay I'm being treated differently because of my skin color it might be in the playground whether someone says oh you look like poo or something sad um, like that so fast forward to me writing the script I wanted to write it from a perspective where parents have successfully raised their children to feel so proud about being black that they want everyone to be as beautiful as them and you know just kind of took a comedy um, route explaining that story. Uh Thank you so much, Toshina. And again, I'll, I'll have these conversations with you over the call, but so much resonated with that film as well for me. Um, and I think for every black girl, you know, it, it, the first thing, you know, parents do when you're young is buy you a dolly as a girl child. And so obviously trying to relate to, you know, a dolly that has got peach or pink toned skin and then obviously those complexities of shade, you know, and if you know, I'm a writer director myself, my debut feature is called No Shade, which is all about colorism, the issues of shadism. So yeah, yeah, massive kudos, fantastic. Kwaku, welcome. Hi, thank how you. How are you doing? Can you just tell us the title of your film and you know, a little bit of the synopsis and how you got involved? Um, my film is called We Do What We Can. Um, I'm the writer and director of it. Um, it is, um, my first film, it's the film I made as I got interested in film. Um, and it was um, a way of rendering the sacrifices that my folks and family friends and uncles and, uncles and aunties had made so that I could have the life that I have now. Um, and they had, um, you know, they came to this country in the 80s um, and they found a way uh, to create a community. Um, in this country among themselves and to survive and fall forward. And I just reflected on the fact that my life is the product of the work of about 20 to 30 people. Um, and I wanted to capture that in the film and frankly capture that shared experience for a lot of immigrants in this country um, who come and form communities and those communities become part of communities in this country and they kind of meld into each other. And those people foster the kids that come thereafter. Okay, fantastic. So obviously, you know, massive kudos to all of you for A, submitting your film to Bath, B, going through this, you know, selection process. We spent the whole summer and autumn, uh, there's six jurors on the film um, section, watching the content, deciding on the programmes and therefore officially selecting you. And now obviously the films are going to be going up for different types of awards as well as our own one individually. Um, so all, all the best to you and obviously massive congratulations. We know, obviously, as filmmakers ourselves, that it's difficult and it's challenging. And, you know, whether it's a short film, a music video, or a feature film, there's challenges along the way. I just wanted to find out from, I'll start with you, Nathan. What were some of the challenges that you experienced on this project and how did you sort of overcome? Um, as I say, I guess, I, guess I, I, I like to think of myself as quite an ethical person. And I think that's been, uh, 
throughout the whole sort of process. We used to joke, for example, that we we were never going to write a gun where the tipping point was going to be somebody putting a gun on the table, because that would have been cliche in order to create a twist in that sort of way. And also, you know, thinking about who has voice and who doesn't have voice and that kind of thing, and uh, and telling stories from a perspective that isn't heard, and 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 those sort of those sort of those sort of values, if you like, it's 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 what I've done in my career. I hope, you know, I try to be consistent with that. So. The kind of writing, the writing process uh, was quite challenging to ensure throughout that we were authentic in in what we were trying to do, uh, and all, and also, as I say, you know, I'm for, I'm what am I, 45? I'm 45 years old. So you're 40. I was just saying that. 42. What happened next? Right. <laughs> the challenge is that. Uh, because it was never on my horizon to do this, I'd had there were so many things in my life, like a family, a full-time job, all those sort of other commitments. And the hardest thing, it's the, it's, it's the finding a time at the end of the day to be involved with this creative process of writing something and then, uh, you know, taking it forward in terms of the coordination, because you're coordinating this thing. Uh, you, you're working on a lot of goodwill. You beg, borrow, steal kind of to make it happen, which I'm sure is a a thing that's common amongst all of us on the panel today uh, and it's not just one sort of there are these single stories which were challenging but it, it, the whole process of coordination I think I think people on the outside will see you know film it's quite sexy you know it's a, you're making a movie but it you know it, it's what everybody would be able to identify with you know you stood around in the rain and it's and it's getting dark and you know people are starving and then somebody's not turned up and then somebody's taxi's late and it's all that kind of stuff it's not sexy at all it's hard work it's very hard work it's just a finished product might look a little bit sexy but there's there's, there's loads of loads of hard work that goes in and, and I don't think we, we can forget about that really. You no, know. No, absolutely, absolutely. It's, it's so, it's like you say, it, you know, the lights, the camera, the action, the finished product, you know, I, I, I'm a new mom, so I would describe it as the baby, you know, the birth is, oh my God, look at the baby and everyone takes the selfie and it's oh, such a gorgeous baby. But there's a delivery process, you know, there's a try, there's trimester one, two and three, there's harp, you know, there's pain, there's, there's so much suffering, you know, when it comes to making this product, this film, this baby, you know, and uh, it's underestimated by the people that are outside of the industry looking in, or obviously newcomers to the industry who are like, oh, I'll try my hand at a bit of directing or a bit of writing or, you know, making a project. And it's like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that, but no, it can, but also, you know, it can be done. And obviously you guys are all a testament to that. Would you say that there was anything else um, in the production there that was a little bit of a challenge, um, Neil? Um, I think finding a suit of armor. <laughs> Just some silly little logistical things like that. Finding a suit of armor. Uh, yeah, same as Nathan, the coordination of people that are working for free. Um, but also, I think I think one challenge that uh, has come to light is is obviously the fact that we're two white filmmakers, you know, dealing with the subject matter that is, you know, um, black. And talk to me about that. I mean, you know, this is an open, inclusive space. That's the beauty of Bath. Yeah. You know, I'm always fascinated 
or when when it's almost like a, a black-led story is told through the white gaze what was your sort of understanding of um and wanting to kind of get an authentic voice even though obviously racially you're removed obviously one step from that well yeah i mean it, it take, taking inspiration from my own personal experience and my, my own uh, daughter who's of dual heritage but also uh, it was the idea of creating a, a heroic female character a heroic black female character yeah. we really like the idea of that because there's you know it's not enough representation on the screen of that and even though she, you know the odds are against her everything's against her in this but there's a positive outcome towards the end and, and it's all about finding that hero inside each of us wonderful yeah. brilliant rcl um talk to us about some of the challenges you face with uh soul of a woman um well, I think the first thing like I'm sure loads of people can agree is budget. <laughs> budget is always a huge challenge, especially when you're mo working on micro to bare minimal budget. But I think um, with passion and determination, you make it work. Um, also, I think with Soul of a Black Woman, um, I predominantly come from a narrative uh, script writing background. So to do something so experimental and because it's almost so personal, it's coming out of my comfort zone a lot, but also trying to be um, authentic as well. So I, I didn't just want it to be about me, even though I say it is about me, I mean about the representation of black women and not just the representation of black women in Britain, but a more global standpoint. And because once you start looking at um, our history, our struggles and what we're currently going through, globally, you'll find a lot of connections. There's a lot of similarities. Um, so I just, with this film, the challenge was finding that bridge. Um, it was to represent us in, as I say, an authentic manner. Um, another um, struggle was teaching myself visual effects for the film. <laughs> so wow. uh, I, ha I had an idea of what I wanted it to look like. And I, I, I tend to think of things non-linearly. So I can look, I can think about what I want the end product to be and then work backwards to find out what do I need to learn? What, do I, what skills do I need to gain? What software do I need to have in order to achieve what I want it to look like? Um, so that's the that's the type of manner that I work in, but it, it was definitely definitely challenging. Brilliant, and congrats to you because that's another string yeah. to your bow. And even in that space, you know, post production. I mean, just mm -hmm. globally, how many black women are in that space? You know, right. so something that you really continue to kind of self teach. Mm -hmm. you know, there's, I'm sure there's potentially a hell of a lot of work out there for you. So, Kwaku, challenges on your project. Talk to us. Um, I think the, um, make sure I can be heard this time. Yeah, that's great. That's, that's lovely volume. Also, congrats on, um, on your child. Oh, thank you. Your <laughs> um, the, the, the best production ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Um, in terms of challenging, uh, I think part of it was, uh, there was a bit of a, identity crisis insofar as like it wasn't something that I um that anybody said that I could do you know um filmmaking um so I I, I'm just, I am I was then and I'm a barrister 
um, prior to that I'd worked in, in finance so it wasn't I wasn't from a creative background um, so when the desire to do it came upon me it felt like an odd thing to do and then an odd thing because then then what you find out is it's not a hobby it's a lot of work it's going to require a lot of it's going to require all of you um, so then you can't um, it's hard to split your attention which I was having to do so I think the um, and obviously if you're doing that and you're new people aren't flocking to help you but people were interested in the idea so a lot of people came on to help um, but I think it was the hardest part was perhaps managing that um, and then once the passion kind of takes over you're kind of wrestling with a different reality which is that your film doesn't yet exist you have to bring it into existence um, and it was a long period of time um, that it took to make it because I started pupillage which is like the internship you do as a barrister um, and I was doing the post-production whilst I was doing that internship and I didn't have people on board. So a friend taught me how to edit. I did a bit of editing before we found an editor who then did it, but you know, made the trailer and things like that. Um, and I think it was keeping the flame alive because I think from the time we shot it till it was actually done um, because of the slow post, it was, it was like a year. Um, yeah. And I would spend like weekends writing drafts and drafts of that voiceover that you hear in the film pages and pages of poems that I wrote and then eventually speaking to my parents we condensed it down into something but I think it was you know what it's the film that made me a filmmaker I put it that way the, by the end of the film my identity had changed but the, the journey of the film was that transition sure. so it's almost like off screen and on screen there's this journey isn't there yeah yeah it's like a parallel thing of this development you know yeah the story is about that, isn't it? About generationally how things have moved on, but also how you and your personal life have gone through transformation as well. Yeah. Yeah, really, really interesting. Thank you. And Tossin, challenges on your gorgeous little movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I think similar to everyone else, budget was um, an issue. You know, wanting to have pink and browns as the theme of the whole film. <laughs> was like, okay, you're limiting yourself as to what you can get. But my production designer was amazing with doing that. Um, so yeah, I think, I think the story was probably my biggest challenge, especially the end of the film. I think I struggled with putting, you know, putting that out there as a filmmaker, you know, until the, you know, when um, you've seen the film, then you, you can kind of understand why I was struggling. And I went through a phase of like, okay, I'm giving this to my, you know, my white tutor to, to read and give me feedback. But you're, you know, I need to hear some from some black people, whether they're going to be able to, you know, resonate with it, whether they're going to be fine with it. And I struggled like, okay, am I going to kill my um, film career before it's even started by, you know, having this scene at the end of the film. But through encouragement and through speaking with other people and having tons like people that weren't like I'd be on set because um, I used to work on short form um, I still work on short form stuff on commercial music videos and I just kind of leave my script on the table and just see if someone picks up and someone will pick it up and somehow manage to find their way to me and I'd be like oh okay and what did you think of the end of um, the film and they're like oh they love it 
and through the film festivals when people would be like, oh, their kids have done the same thing. So hearing that their kids have done the same thing was like a weight off my shoulder. But I think that was the thing I struggled with the most. Like even on the day I was nervous as we were doing that scene, like just praying, Lord, please, this is just for film purposes. I don't want to be canceled on tour or something. Uh, but yeah, I think there were so many um, there's general challenges, people dropping out um, last minute, having to get people on board. Um, but overall, it, it was a good experience because people had faith in the story. And when you um, people have faith in the story, you know, they're willing to put off a paid job to come and work on your little unpaid expenses only project. So, yeah. Well done. Good stuff. And so obviously the flip side of that, I like to talk about the challenges because people that are watching this will be obviously first time filmmakers, it's, you know, established filmmakers agents, producers, writers, directors, it's good for them to obviously have an understanding of what, you know, the challenges you've come up against, but also the triumphs. So the next question is um, with regards to um, your production, RCR, I'll come to you first. Uh, what's that seminal moment in the film where you watch it every time, whether it's been on the big screen or the small screen, um, or even in the editing room and you thought this is this is the moment that makes the film and feel free to drop spoilers so you'll be people will be going straight there to have a look at it so talk to us about that um for me um I, I think I have two points because I think it's different when I'm viewing it as a project that I've made versus sitting in an audience and listening to them reacting to the film as well. So I love liberation, like I absolutely love it. Um, and um, especially with the, the whole nebula and the galaxies and everything, it, for me that, that is the most Afrofuturism part of the whole film. And I, you know, I, I, I watch that actual chapter over and over and over again, I absolutely love it. Um, and yeah, that that almost broke me as well. Just <laughs> learning how to create a nebula. <laughs> it's yeah. just like the amount of YouTube tutorials that it took me to actually do it and actually reach it. So I think personally, creatively, I look at that as another step up, another uh, skill that I can actually add to my CV to say, yeah, I can create a universe. <laughs> um, but sitting in an audience and listening and seeing people's reactions, um, the first scene always gets me. Um, so it's the, the crying and the screaming and the words that are, um, the poetry that's being said over it. Like that actually, my eyes still well up and I still find it very uncomfortable because I'm in it as well. And um, it's implied nudity so you don't see anything but you know it's just stripped bare like the, and I'll, I'll speak about myself in the third person it's like this black woman is just stripped bare she's going through so much she is suffering like and it's a it's almost like a testimony to what we've actually been through it's supposed to be linked to slavery and what we went through um back then um but watching it in the audience. So it's two chapters of uh, suffering and oppression that are really hard. And then when you hit unity, it's this breath of fresh air and you literally hear everybody exhale. Right? And it's just, it, it opens with uh, this forest and sky scene and it's very serene and it's just so light compared to the other two chapters um, that, 
so yeah, I like it all. <laughs> I just like it's very, very hard <laughs> to pick. Uh, it just really depends. But I really like hearing and seeing other people's reactions to yeah. it and how they just exhale and then liberation kind of just brings you up because what personally I didn't want with the film was just to say, this has happened to us and this has happened to us and that's it. It's just like, where do we go? Where are we now? We feel like we're, un uh, we're unifying, we're, we're building and there's so much potential in where we could go or how we could rise up. So it, it, it's, it really is a journey um, and it's very, very hard. Like I have moments that I love this and I love that, but to pick anything in particular is very hard. <laughs> no, no, I totally respect that. And again, all of you can have more than one moment in your film if that's how you feel. Thank you so much. Neil, yeah. a moment in the film that sort of just stands out for you is the reason why this piece had to be told. What's your favourite? Okay, it's the uh, the crescendo of the film, which is uh, pretty much the final two minutes of the film, uh, building towards this moment of uh, resolution or connectivity between the father and daughter. And, and the way we constructed it was for, for them both to be... Uh, doing Wing Chun martial arts kind of like moves. It looks a little bit like Tai Chi, right. but it's not, it's, it's, it's Wing Chun forms. And uh, so we've got the daughter uh, down at, uh, was it, Gorky Reservoir, uh, just near Halifax. And uh, we've got the father on Whitby Pier. Uh, and so we intercut each of these movements and it all flowed together so nicely. Each movement was synchronous and it cut really really beautifully and it's also a spoken word piece as well so you've got all the all these beautiful words and, and uh, rhymes that we put in there but and, and the music which we painstakingly took months and months to find the right producer mm. to uh, do the score for us um, and he's done an absolutely outstanding job so all these elements combined together and with the final few words which is you and me one and the same mm. gives me goosebumps every single time i'm getting it now just thinking about it because mm. it is such a uplifting moment of the, the film really really proud of that wonderful really, really proud thank of you thank yeah. you Kweku, seminal oh. in your piece where you just feel like this is the piece that brings it all together for you i think the the film um, kind of over a time revealed itself to me as to what it was. And I think the image at the end is what it occurred to me at, at first. And then as I thought about it more and developed more and had experience, the rest of the film filled in. And it became this film about two 20 something year old immigrants without a place to live, who have got a child and have to try and provide a place um, for it. And the film works in two halves as a poem about freedom, basically both of them are reflecting on what freedom means to them and the opening uh, I'd say in the opening two minutes when you meet the male character and he starts to reflect on it it started to occur to me oh this is where the poem begins and this is how it begins and this is what this film is um, and likewise with the female character um, who says you know whatever should come should come at that point I was like okay this is the strength of this person and it's all about one phrase um and they reminded me of the people that the film is based upon um and likewise with the male character who says that the freedom is the power to change the course of your own life 
I thought, okay, yeah, that's how these people thought. And I feel like those two points are do the people justice. Um, and um, in those points, the tone of the film is right. And I think at those two moments, especially this was a question I was asking myself a lot as I made the film, was can I actually do this? And I think the, um, in those two moments, I'd be watching it for the first time. I was like, yeah, okay, I can make a film. That 10 seconds, that thing works. Um, I can't say the same for the whole thing. For those two 10 second spots, it works. Um, and yeah, so they're the two moments I like to think about. Thank you. Thank you. They're brilliant. Absolutely. Tossing. Moment in the film. I guess, again, like all of you, you'd feel like the whole film really makes sense to you and you've delivered some really beautiful pieces of work. But just for you personally, what's that sort of moment that really brings it all together? I think there's three moments. I think the moment where she kind of, you know, she's playing with her babysitter's hair and she's talking to this babysitter who's only signed up to just take care of this kid and then bounce. Um, and she's telling this kid, um, this babysitter about how, you know, she feels so proud to be black, how she wants everyone to look equally as beautiful as her. And in that moment, you know, she's also trying to make the babysitter look black like her. So it's the slow process where she, um, she's transforming the babysitter to the dolly, which is this, and she's putting the, um, her fine hair into mini bantu knots and she's, you know, doing the makeup. And then, you know, there's that moment where she turns around and, you know, the, um, the babysitter tries to kind of understand what exactly um, Titi's talking about. And she's like, no, 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 you're, you're pink like Dolly used to be. And she points to um, this Dolly there um, and everyone in the audience kind of just gasps and they're like, oh my gosh, and then they laugh. So experiencing that in the cinema was really, really funny um, to see that actually landed and to see that people were actually laughing. And then the moment where she's like, oh, okay, um, you know, I'm gonna make you look as pretty as Dolly. And she goes downstairs into the kitchen and she gets hot chocolate powder and she pours it into the um, the little tiny bowl. And then you hear another gasp from everyone like, oh my gosh, is she, is she really gonna do it? And then it's that pace and I've just seen her walk up the stairs and seeing her dip the brush and then go in for a stroke. And it's, I know everyone everyone that's seen it has just been like, oh my goodness, and just like laughter. So for me, it was quite encouraging as a filmmaker, like, oh, okay, you know, my creativity, my story actually here, actually, you know, was funny. I wasn't just thinking, okay, this is funny to myself. This yeah. is weird to myself, you know, it, it did hit. And for people coming after as well and saying that, it spoke to them, you know, Titi's line to expression of, being proud to be black and you know um people people even had um I think uh a, um someone that I met his stepdaughter was Asian and he said that you know even though she's not black it spoke to her as being a brown person as well saying that it was universal I think those are the moments in the film that I smile at every time like oh okay yes people people like this cool I did okay <laughs> and it's difficult as well isn't it when there is that sort of like unintended but intended comedy because comedy exactly yeah isn't it and exactly you know, it's, it's exactly what you said like you don't want to be presumptuous that your audience are just going to go with you on that journey and then like no one got it you know it's like, <laughs> ah, like ah. exactly <laughs> tell you what they you know what i mean and you you get that reaction and i guess obviously for all of you in that way um because the festival is digital we're really hoping for a lot of social engagement so that people can actually tell you what they think because that 
kind of camaraderie and that group experience of sitting down in the cinema has been lost for everyone this year. So um, it'd be really interesting to see if it translates on a small screen, you know, like on a mobile phone device or whatever, and people still capture those moments. Yeah, brilliant, good stuff. And lastly, Nathan, do you have moments in the film that you absolutely adore? Are they the same as Neil or slightly different for you? We um we did discuss it beforehand. Obviously, we didn't know who was going to sort of answer the question. Uh, we do both agree that that's that that final sort of scenes with the synchronicity. Um, as the the film as a whole, like the the self harm bit, and there's a bit where she punches a mirror, and we see that from the back, and they're quite stylistic things that we we realised in terms of the audience, you know, seeing those things. Uh, like Tosin say, you, you get those sort of gasps, you get the audience reactions where you, you know that the audience is emotionally engaged in in the characters that you've created and, and getting that feedback in. Saying as well in terms of the story, the, we were quite ambitious with things and you don't know if the audience are going to come along with you. With, with the, Are they getting it? You know, our, our film's full of metaphors and things like that. We tried to string a lot of metaphors together to tell the story. And sometimes, you know, you'd sit there and you'd think, do they understand that this is a metaphor or do they think that this is ha happening in real life? Mm -hmm. or, you know, they're representations of things rather than other things. So I, I was, I guess I'm asking, answering a sort of a different question here, but I was always very nervous throughout the film that, we were sacrificing a clear narrative for quite stylistic, metaphorical kind of vignettes all being pieced together. And I was hating that pe if people would come out of the cinema and go, like, well, yeah, it was good, but what the hell was it about? You know, to, to kind of come with that. But, you know, get, getting towards the end with pe people, especially people that work in similar, similar sort of... Ch uh, child-oriented agencies and things like that that understand young people going up, growing up, or at least I hope they understand young people growing up, that they were saying, you know, this is really powerful stuff. I think that, you know, all children should see this, mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and it helps them make sense of themselves. So the bits that I'm proud of really is that we, we stuck to our, gun, I used the gun metaphor earlier, but we stuck to our guns by not, piecing together a film that was a load of cliches. We took a load of risks to tell quite a complicated metaphorical story that I'm still not sure it completely works. You know, it was our first expedition. Into it was, yeah. You know, and so, but the fact that, you know, we do get positive feedback on some of the things and, and some of the scenes do true, especially the, the parents, the step parents sort of arguing. I want to come to toss him. And I'm gonna say, you know, obviously we've spoken so much and I'm sure all of you are now really excited as well um, about seeing each other's work. With regards to Dolly and just film in general, and actually you can all chime in on this um, as you wish. Um, do you think that film is that vehicle for kind of exploring the human experience? Or do you feel that the state of affairs as it is now in the world film should be more about escapism and fantasy and lighter subjects. What's, what's your thoughts on that? No, I think, I think, you know, obviously um, you have to be ethical and you have to be sensitive. I think there was something about a film that came out that was about um, 
the world being in lockdown and everyone was like oh why didn't you wait for coronavirus to go um and then you know bring the film out but I'm not fast I mean sometimes you need the brutal in your face films to tell you okay even things might be going on around you you still have to document it you still have to tell it I think film is on one hand an escape and film is um film is also kind of it's information it's news in its own way you know there's people who may not have heard of things that are going on you know um in other countries whereas if you see it in a cinema yes it might be like oh, okay you're actually seeing it in a cinema but you're seeing it and you're being open to this and you're being open to a new world you're learning new things i think film has so many um uses that we shouldn't limit it to oh this is the description of what should be useful and it shouldn't be useful so and so to anybody else? Yeah, I think uh, I think personally, personally, I think uh, we need them both. We need escapism to, to take our minds off the horrors and the crap of life. But also, films do need to uh, change the way people think. I think they need to get ideas, new ideas, create conversation. Um, you know, spark even more ideas. Um, but also, you can you can make. There are films out there that are entertaining, yet also with a decent subtext and the sub, you know, the subtext underneath it with a, a message behind it. Um, so, yeah, best of both worlds, I think. Also, yeah, I, I I definitely agree. Like, I think every film has some form of social commentary in it, embedded in it. You could talk about Terminator as a social commentary on AI advances. <laughs> we should be careful on that. So I think everything, no matter how far removed from reality, is still um, has an element because we, we, we have to use our own experiences and our own lives as human beings as a, a foundation to what we're creating. We, we can't have any other almost perspective other than being human. So I think it will always be embedded in film. Um, how we tell it is our choice. And that's the, that's the benefit of freedom and, and you know, the, the removal of censorship, you know, for a long time in different countries. And we get a lot of filmmakers, even from Iran, that try to submit films every year and they're not they're sanctioned, you know, from telling certain types of films. I'm Nigerian by heritage and, um, even in Nigeria just recently, they didn't want to see, you know, sex scenes or implied sex in any films, you know, you'd just be, you wouldn't get a cinema release. So, you know, there's, and then what does that do for the culture if we never see ourselves loving on each other and that human experience, you know, what does that mean for us as a people, for, 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 for all races and all, you know, denominations? Kwaku, what's your thoughts on this? Um, I think that, uh, films follow people synthesizing the world around them. So you, you find a person in one position, encounter something, they assimilate that thing into them, they have a new understanding of the world. Um, and it's a journey that we all go on in life. Um, as such, I think film, and picking up on what Nathan said about using metaphors, I think film um, speaks to truth beyond facts. So it, it weaves in individual experiences, things that happen and finds the meaning in them, um, which um, to be fair, art does that, storytelling does that, but all of these things are part of film. 
film adds on to it with music, atmosphere, tone, and starts to spill, speak in this filmic language, which speaks to the spirit of people, you know, um, beyond um, things that are purely physical, you're communicating with people um, in, in a capacity that they don't always, they're not always dealing with all the time, but it's there and it lies dormant and sometimes you can wake it up with film. Mm. And the now then the question as to um, realism or escapism is then just a question as to access. How do you want to approach the person? Um, and somebody wants to be punched in the face and see the, you know, the, the way life really is right in front of them. Um, and some people want to go into a fairy tale, which itself by metaphor will talk about their life as it actually is, but in a way that is just more accessible to them. Um, so I think it's always, each story will tell you how it's supposed to be. Um, I think film is, I find it to be the supreme, it's the best art form, is, is my view. And, and I think the reason is that's because it's so amorphous and you can do any, you can, you can take any shape it needs to, to lift the souls of the people that watch it. What's your sort of take on it? It's an interesting question, uh, which is something that I say when I don't know the answer. Um, <laughs> um, it's, I'm, I'm explaining what the process is like from the, the filmmaker. Uh, of course, that the audience then perceives it however they choose to perceive it as well. Uh, and I think both things are fine. So the filmmaker can come up with a film which he thinks is, or he or she thinks she's telling story A, and then the audience leaves and thinks, oh, that was a good example of story B. Then yeah, yeah, it's kind of yeah. like, so be it, you know, so be it if that's the case. Um, but no, I'm not, I don't, I don't really think that, I think it should be boundaryless. It's whatever the artist, whatever the filmmaker wants to make, whatever the story they want to take, and then whatever the audience wants to take from that story. So I think it was JCL saying that, you know, you can, you, you can, you, you know, it could be the Terminator and you can take a really profound narrative away from that and it could change your life for the better. You know, you could, you could, you could be living the rest of your life according to the Terminator doctrine, whatever that is, you know, but yeah, yeah. There's that there's an opportunity there, I think. Uh, but the thing is, for all of us, whether you're making the film or or, or watching the film afterwards, there's like an edifying process in that. Uh, it, it, the, whatever you want to say, the connection, the thing that, the, the fire, the the spark, the, you know, the, the the. You can you can come away from the cinema in tears, or you can be laughing, or you can be silent, and it kind of really deeply touched you. And and that, I think that's that's primal. That's something that's within all of us to want to ex experience. You know, it's the it's the thing that connects connects us all uh, to want to do it, whether you're making it making the film or or watching the film. It's, it's ultimately to get that edifying sort of profound experience, whatever whatever that means to you. <laughs> without going around in circles it's possibly not often what the yeah no 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 it makes a hell of a lot of sense i just wanted to get your opinions like i said there was no right or wrong there and um yeah no thank yeah. you for your contribution final question it's a light-hearted one uh, i just want you guys to just dream a little if you had an unlimited budget um and i you know someone said to you you can make whatever you want next what would your next project be i'll come to kwaku um, I'd probably take three Bible stories and then, so maybe I'd say, I, initially I was going to say that just the story of David, 
and just like make this like epic version of it like opening with an eight-year-old boy decapitating a man and just like really bring in the violence of the time and then just go <laughs> and go from there but i think like it's quite, it's quite, um, serendipitous that you should i should ask you first yeah. The thing that I was just about to say after Nathan, but I thought maybe I'll leave that because I am, I was brought up religious as well and I am a yeah. Christian, but I was just going to say to finish my last question that um, I think it was Pastor T.D. Jakes, who I watch on YouTube, said that yeah. if uh, God or Jesus was alive today, yeah. they would be a filmmaker. So I guess in that yeah. sense, I'm answering the question with you all that I truly believe that, yeah, film is a documentation of the, the human experience and it has yeah. its place to be fantastical and heart-wrenchingly real you know and there's yeah. space for both and obviously some people might find the fantastical deeply moving and the real like ah oh, yeah. just depending on their lived experience we yeah. can't control how people are gonna receive our work so yeah. that's why I said there's no right or wrong answer it's not a trick question I just really yeah. wanted to hear what you thought, felt about that. So yeah, yeah. so please, David, yeah. opening, yeah. loving this, yeah. yeah, be like a biblical epic, but just like, just saying effectively, all right, I'll play the story as it is. I think like a lot of um, Bible stories, are we know them, so they don't shock us. Um, and I think if you could make that experience new again, it would just be an interesting thing to see the world contend with it. So, you know, if you tell the story of David, what are we actually saying happened? Well, you're telling the story about somebody who God said was a man after his own heart, right? So that's as close as a human being has come to being close to God. But he's also a bloke that murdered a guy to commit adultery, who was a terrible father and was really violent as a child. And I feel like those things are interesting to as things to be true about the person that the Old Testament God said was closest to him. And I feel like that would be a cool start. And then maybe the story of Elijah killing all those people with a bone because I just find that amazing. I don't, I think, yeah, but I think I would tell both biblical stories, I think, and they cost a lot of money. So that, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great, wonderful. Uh, Tossin, we've got unlimited funds. What are we making next? Well, I've got a few projects in the works that I'd like to um, bring to fruition. So I've got a documentary I'm making about a young black man living um, with psychosis and how he channels his experience through his art. Um, and then I have a cool, um, I have a cool short film idea about I keep to myself for now. <laughs> and then I have a TV show, I have a TV pilot about a family's experience um, coming from Nigeria to the UK. I feel like there's quite a lot on other cultures, but I don't think I've ever seen on TV um, a Nigerian family and like, you know, just following their experience migrating to the UK. And then I have a feature film idea that I'd like to bring to fruition that I'll keep to myself as well for now. But yeah, I think there's a whole list of things that I'd like to bring to life. Good, with good, good. That so much we, money. <laughs> yeah, no, lovely, fantastic. Nathan, what would we what would we like to produce if we had unlimited funds? I guess I guess for all that stuff I just said about imagination and things like that, <laughs> this is not going to sound particularly imaginative. Um, yeah. The, although, although we, although we told this story of resolution through the eyes of the child, uh, what we did want to do, you know, maybe we will do this, is, is, 
is tell a feature length version, but tells the same story through multiple perspectives. So the, through the perspective of the estranged father, through the perspective of the mother who's developing mental illness and alcoholism and things like that. Because, because I like that idea of, of, of getting across the, the, the sort of sense that we tend to think that there's one reality, but there's actual multiple realities. You know, we can all be seeing the same stuff from different perspectives and it's all meaning different stuff to, to us. And I think for us to, if we had an unlimited budget, we probably wouldn't need that much actually, a couple of quid to actually tell, you know, a UK story, which is about, you know, this 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 mixed race girl who's alienated from her father and, and growing up in a sort of Northern England town to be able to tell that through multiple perspectives. So at the end, it all sort of comes together in sort of a sense of a, of a holistic whole and leaves the audience with a sense of going like, oh yeah. I mean, for example, in terms of divorce, it's, it's, it's her story versus his story and that kind of thing, you know, but to get to see some sort of common ground in there that, you know, that to see things from other people's perspectives. So it's not a very ambitious sort of thing. I've, I've not got I've not got Quaco's uh, Ben Hur like chariots and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what Neil's got to say. Uh, if Neil would have anything to add to that, or... I'll come to Neil last. I'll go to RCL first. Okay. Um, I I think for me it'd be easy. So it'll be the feature film that I'm currently writing, which is an Afrofuturism sci-fi dystopian, not too far into the distance, time travel, ancient African uh, knowledge. Yeah, it's it would take a lot of money to make, but I'm writing it and putting it out there in the universe. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I think that's what it would go yeah. towards. Wonderful, wonderful, salute, good. And lastly, Neil, unlimited uh, funds, what would you like to do? Well, pretty much the same as Nathan, but there's also uh, another thing that just occurred to me, which I have thought about before, and, and it's, it's about, um, because there's kung fu martial arts elements in this film, and uh, you know the young the young mixed race girl has has learned martial arts from her father. Uh, I wanted to explore that a bit further, and maybe the the idea of a a true heroic, well, it's like a, not a superhero as such, but a realistic human hero. But doesn't you know with no laser beams flying at the hands or anything like that, but can display heroic you know, properties and, and through her actions and, and, you know, she's she's human at the end of the day, but she is a hero. So I want I really want to explore something along those lines. Um, yeah. Brilliant. Beautiful. Thank you so much. And just to wrap up, I'd like all of you to just quickly say um, your social media handles for yourself and for the movie. So RCL, do you want to come do that one first? Yeah, sure. Um, for Soul of a Black Woman, if you S-O-A-B-W film, that's it, like on everything, <laughs> you'll find it. Uh, to find me, it's RCL Graham on everything. Drop it into Google, you will find it. Smash in, thank you. And um, Neil? Okay, for the film, it's Resolution Short Film. You'll find that on Instagram. And, uh, and for little old me, it's DJ Neil Kemp. You'd probably get that on Facebook and Instagram. Super. Um, it would be Toast and Lepe on all platforms. And for the film, it will be L-E-O-L Films on all platforms. Lovely. Thank you. Kweku? Um, I'm on Instagram 
I believe at Quakes Asabre. So K W A K E S A S A B R E. Um, I'm saying that on confidence. I'm not entirely sure, but I believe that's my Instagram handle. Um, and that that's the best place to find me. Lovely, uh, Nathan. Uh, simply, uh, it'd be Nathan Lines on uh, Facebook or Instagram. Um, put me into Google, you'll find a lot of unrelated film stuff in there. But <laughs> yeah, if you want to hook up and make a connection, you know, I'll return that. Wonderful. Thank you guys so much. So that concludes the Black Film Matters Q&A via Zoom virtually. It's been an absolute pleasure. Please go away, everybody, and watch the films, connect with the filmmakers here. You can find out more about the whole programme at www.britishurbanfilmfestival.co.uk. You can watch on the Apple TV app, and you can follow all of the buffness on our social medias at Buff Connects. Um, I'm on Claire Anyam O on all of the social medias as well. Have a fantastic afternoon and see you again soon. Thank you. Thank you. Guys, you were brilliant. Did you enjoy that? Okay. Bye bye. Brilliant. Take care. All the best. Bye -bye. Bye -bye.